It's the Tom Bernard Show. Filling in for Tom Bernard, I'm Dave Schrader along with... Andy Brown Bernard. Cassie Schrader. JB. JB. We'll be back in just a few moments. Stay tuned. We've got a great show lined up for you right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Doug Sprinthal, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Tell us about this warranty for life thing. I, you, know, you know, you understand a lot more about this than I do. Well, of course. I know you're not an automotive mechanic. So let me tell you a cool story. This just happened a couple of days ago. I got an email. Somebody emailed me at Doug at Walzer.com, and he goes, Hey, I bought a 2005, and I think it was a Honda Accord, back in 2014, having some problems with the engine. Uh, do I have any coverage? So... I called the Honda store, we looked it up, and sure enough, the card qualified for a lifetime powertrain warranty. So it had to be under 60,000 miles at the time of purchase, a uh, non-highline vehicle. And they covered the engine repair. Think about what that means. That's a 13-year-old car, and the guy got his engine replaced. It doesn't cover every single thing on the car, but all the, it's like major medical coverage. So the engine goes bad, transmission, four-wheel drive system. You're covered as long as you own the car, as long as you maintain it to factory standards. It's pretty cool. It actually is really cool. Well, I mean, it's a lot cooler than you or me. Well, it is really cool, though. Yeah, I mean, you know, 15-year-old car. And that's why I buy all my cars, and my family buys all their cars from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com, because of warranty for life. And you like working with me, too, right, Tommy? Tommy? Tom? I, I don't think he's there. <laughs> That's really nice. Very professionally <laughs> delivered from Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Ah, the Osmonds. Boy, do I love that band. (laughs) Wrong group, honey. Have you ever heard the Osmonds at that same era, though? Yes. It's uncanny how much Donny Osmond sounds like Like Michael Michael Jackson. Jackson. I mean, it's like bonkers Mm. how much he sounds like him. They both had cartoons. Yes, they did. Which had the same dance move. (laughs) Well. Which was a leg kick, kick, spin. Right. Leg kick, leg kick, spin. That was the dance move. It was. It was pretty pretty good too. I remember dancing in front of it, trying to get the moves right. <laughs> but yeah, like kick spin. Yeah, and they were both on ABC on Saturday morning. Yeah. But yeah. You was, should pull up the One Bad Apple by the Jackson or by the Osmonds. Right. One bad. It's One Bad Apple is the name of the song. Yeah. I don't know if maybe Andy can pull it up faster, but you tell Probably. me that if you didn't know that it wasn't was the Jackson Five. I mean, that's crazy. Right. How much that. <laughs> Whenever I hear them now, it's 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 just that funny well, dichotomy. If, when you Google it, most people search "one bad apple Jackson 5, So that oh, right. really? Sense. It, Is that it, the way it comes up? Because they think it that it's it, they did one did one made it and the other one did cover it. But there's always been a fight over it. Who did it first? Mm. Well, or who did it better? <laughs> yeah. 
Now, is this an older version of him, or is this when he was a little kid? Because this sounds like he's the teenager now. Right. It does. Well, because like might the be little one, one of he's like, I love you, girl. <laughs> he's got that Michael Jackson twang. Yeah, this is teenage Donnie. I have no room oh. for oh. Oh yeah! Oh god! Totally does. Like just like Michael. Unless yeah. I wonder if that maybe isn't Donnie singing that. And that I, I this think is, that was Donnie. This is Donnie as a little kid, right? Because he right. was only a little one. Mm-hmm. Boy, yeah. his brother mm-hmm. sounds just like Donnie older. Oh, I gotta keep banging the stupid microphone. <laughs> I'm used to <laughs> Dad sitting in front Quit of talking time. with your hands. Maybe it's it. Let's see. One bad apple was 1971, and at the time. Johnny would have been. I just love that part when he. I love you, girl. <laughs> yeah, he would have been fourteen. So well, that was a pretty I re- high voice for a fourteen-year-old. Yeah. I just remember in uh, grade school, my because uh, I went to a Catholic grade school, and we had one of our masses during the school year, and the uh, men, uh, the pastor was trying to sound hip, so he brought up <laughs> the Osmonds. One, one bad apple. <laughs> mm. Well, he was trying to use the, you know, the phrasing of like one bad apple doesn't spoil the whole group or whatever and blah, blah, blah. And, but it was funny because he said the Jackson 5 and the rest of us were thinking Osmonds. Yeah. So he was actually right. Yeah. But, you know, Craziness. it was just weird. Well, since we're talking Osmonds, let's go to Salt Lake City. We've got an interesting story. An online petition is demanding the removal of a Deadpool poster, calling it a form of religious discrimination. Fox 13 spoke with Patrick Mason, the chair of the Mormon Studies at Claremont Graduate University in California, to discuss the controversy. The self-proclaimed antihero, Deadpool, has no business being compared to Jesus Christ, according to the online petition. Oh, I Um, see. It's a parody of a... um a painting where Jesus is going like this, descending from heaven. Right. But it's Deadpool going like this. And he's got the white robes on. And it says, Yule, Y-U-L-E, believe in miracles. Oh, a movie character <laughs> which is all about crude humor and satire and sarcasm. They would see it as being precisely the opposite of the kind of characters and virtues that Jesus embodies, Mason said. The picture of the second coming by Harry Anderson, mm. not Night Court Harry Anderson, I'm pretty sure, was commissioned <laughs> no, by the gone. church. Impressive. And is commonly seen in meeting houses. The second coming is an important part of the LDS religious belief. The idea that Jesus will come to the earth again, and that particular portrayal of it is one of the most beloved and produced images of the second coming. Mason said, you see it in Latter-day Saint homes and churches all over the place. The online petition, uh, petition, petition, <laughs> the petition, petition. which uh, has more than 31,000 signatures, calls this once upon a Deadpool poster a form of religious discrimination. Mason, who I think you can parody, though, right? And that's what they're doing. Well, tech, I mean, you couldn't show Deadpool like, you know, he's Muhammad blowing something up or something. But you can't show Muhammad so tec- anything, right? Well, technically. Right. But so, I mean, there is a line when it comes to religious discrimination. Well, but I don't know. This is kind of not a th- anything. Right. But that, that it's version literally Muhammad's just, line of discrimination is if you draw Muhammad, you die. That, People right. will kill you. Well, so, yes, that is that. That's it. a different deterrent. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Uh, <laughs> but technically the law, I think... I think if you do, like, intentionally draw him, like, if they did it in a movie poster, mm-hmm. I think that they could be gone after for religious discrimination. So Yeesh. technically speaking, they could be found guilty of religious discrimination here, but honestly, I don't... I think they're making a big deal about nothing. Hmm. Well, when you first said Deadpool, I was thinking about actual Deadpool. Like a Deadpool from right. the KQ no. Morning Show? <laughs> like no. Stretch used to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they don't do that anymore, do they? No. That kind of. Well, it's got... probably because the like 500 celebrities a year die now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that and the fact that it, you know, kind of was in poor taste a little bit. <laughs> well, a little when bit. When you're, but when you're betting odds a... on who's going to die, that does seem to be kind of bad karma. He's a macabre guy. Well, and we went from. That to people being guests and then dying within weeks. That's of the true. Show. A Oof. lot of that did happen. <laughs> that happened. It was like we took out another one. Oh my god! <laughs> Even this show, we've had a couple. 2016 was really bad. Was a really rough year. But <sighs> if you were playing the Deadpool, that was the year to cash in on big mm-hmm. uh, high high stakes. 
That was crazy. I was just thinking about that the other day. I mean, just in the fact that she lost Prince, David Bowie, and then all of these other major celebrities and musicians, and you think the year is over, and then the last minute George Michael dies. Right. From when I, that meme did crack me up. Though. <laughs> the one did I you sent see it? you. <laughs> yeah, where it's got the picture of George Michael, and it goes, you think you'd just get through the rest of the year with no more dead celebrities, and wham! <laughs> <laughs> and there's George Michael. Well, and actually, there was even more carryover through the first quarter of 2017. Yeah. It just kept going. It was yeah, but like, it was just that 2000, I think when they when they actually backed it up, it was like November of 2015 to <clears throat> December of 2016 was like... Just this unbelievable swath of, of death that took place in the celebrity world. And I don't know that it's any more than normally happens, but they were certainly much more high-profile right. names that were going out. Well, by Oscar nominees, mm-hmm. 2014 was actually by far the worst year in recent history. Really? Ten Oscar nominees died in... Or 2014. Did mm-hmm. I say four? No, you no, said, you four, said 14. Oh, 14. Ten Oscar nominees died in two, 2014. Uh... Lauren Bacall, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Robin Williams. Uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yikes. But 2016, we got we lost five Oscar nominees. Hmm. So going by that, uh, by music, it was pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. The, it was really bad. The worst year in the past decade before that was 2016 with 15, but 2000, or 2006 with 15 but 2016 had 13 so it was pretty close so 13 musicians or 13 13 major? 13 uh, grammy winners wow 13 yeah. grammy winners what yeah. are, do you have the list of who they were in 2016 uh let's see nothing nothing like kicking off a nice uh, <laughs> run into the holidays well, it's, it was, it it's weird because work. last friday i was basically called the angel of death by uh uh our comic guest from uh, acme <laughs> Huh. <laughs> I just brought up two stories that ended in death, and he was like, "Are you going to bring the show?" Oh down yeah, in the yeah. What's his name? Finesse. Finesse. Yeah. Well, yeah. Mitchell. And now they're not here this week, right? I'm just saying, Reaper. <laughs> well, they come the second hour anyway. Yeah. In terms right. of Emmy winners, 2016 was the worst in the past decade, tied with 2014, though, with eight Emmy winners and nominees. Hmm. 2016, not a lot of sports people die. Which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Eight, nine, thirteen, and fifteen. We only lost one. Uh, but in sixteen, does it show? Does it show what musicians we lost overall in sixteen? Uh, well, I found a honoring those we lost in twenty sixteen Grammy memoriam, but there's like a hundred people on here. So. Yeah, because I'll have like the guy that played guitar on the third album of Three Dog <laughs> Night or something, and you you probably never heard of him. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of carnage that year, man. That was a, lo- a big loss. It was. It wasn't like unusual. Well, I mean, it wasn't like record bad, but it was pretty. But I bad. think a lot, I think what it was was that so much of it was by like major surprise. Mm-hmm. You have David Bowie come out and release a new album, and then a week later he's gone. Yeah, yeah. And, and it doesn't help that 2015 was actually a very good year. Yeah. So we went from few people dying to uh, second most in the past 12 years. And. Prince was kind of starting to make a comeback, and then there was like, yeah. <laughs> oh, and then how many of them died of like drug overdose or suicide? It was a lot of them. Yeah, yep. yeah. Unfortunate. We well, talk about these kind of Hollywood curses and the weird stuff. There's. Have you guys ever heard of the movie Atuk? So there was this movie that was being shopped around about this um, Eskimo, kind of a fish out of water deal, where he comes to kind of like Crocodile Dundee. Oh yeah, I've and, heard about and this. And Atuk is going to come, and John Belushi was signed on mm-hmm. to play the the character, and then he passed away, so the it languished. Then John Candy got picked up to pick to take over the role. Was getting, I think he might have even started in filming of it, and then he passed away, so they shelved it for a while. Uh, then it ended up getting passed to Chris Farley. Of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so here's the weird thing. So Chris Farley's reading it. He he decides to take it and passes the script on to Phil Hartman and asks Phil Hartman to take a look at the script for him and see if you know mm-hmm. if he had any insights on this and if there was anything that he thought he might be good at in the in the role. So you lose Farley, then the the horrible murder suicide of of um, of uh, Phil Hartman and his right. wife. Oh, and then I forgot in there, Sam Kinison was also signed to uh, portray a Tuck. <laughs> So you've got a pretty good run there. Uh, now you could say, well, yeah, most of these guys were heavy set drug takers, right? So that's a pretty 
but still pretty crazy run but yeah to have it pass through the hands of five major comedians and all of them perished did you mention after signing on sam kinnison yeah. yeah yeah i just mentioned that one too yeah, yeah. belushi kinnison john candy phil hartman and chris farley yeah were all interested in the lead role <laughs> mm. I, yeah you can bring that towards me, I'd be like... Nope, I think off. I'm out. Yeah, there's well, there's a lot of movies that have had strange... And I, I do talks on these. Uh, you know, the Poltergeist movie had a lot of tragedy that, that took place regarding its cast members. After the first movie, the, the daughter was strangled to death by her boyfriend. Um, the little girl who played Carol Ann died, I think, during the filming of, of um, Part 3. Oh. She had obstructed bowel syndrome. It just came out of the blue, and she was gone. The actor that played the creepy priest in the second movie died right afterwards. The guy that played the Indian shaman, who was uh, Big Chief in uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Mm -hmm. Nest, died shortly after the role. So there's a lot of these movies, and they blame part of it on the fact that in that famous scene at the end of Poltergeist, when Craig T. Nelson falls into the area where the pool had been dug up, and all of a sudden the bodies all start popping out, they had gotten some actual skeletons, some real human skeletons, uh, and had put those into the mix. So they weren't just plastic ones. They were real human skeletons. So they thought that he had conjured some kind of evil by doing this, which then put uh, kind of a, a dark cloud over the entire franchise. Well, you, you, you know the history of people who have played Superman or Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. The, those are both well, I talk supposedly about, jinxed. Well, check this out. How, how much do you want to roll that Jim Caviezel plays? He takes the role of Jesus Christ in The Passion of the Christ. Do you guys realize this? He got struck not once, but twice by lightning <laughs> filming the movie. While he was on the cross. Yeah, at what point does Jesus, you know, they oh, being struck by lightning yeah. once seems like a pretty right. astronomical set of odds. God's but like, to all get right, cut struck it out. Twice. <laughs> While playing the role of Jesus Christ, yeah, is it kind of like, you know, I mean, he lived, was right. it kind of the, the ultimate joke? Then he's like, oh, his career went down. He's actually worked fine. And he's on a TV show and has been for like the last seven, eight, ten years, something like that. So um, his career is not completely over. But and even in the, the Superman storyline, Kirk Allen, who originally played Superman, lived a fine life. Oh, George he was on Reeves. Person of Interest. Yeah. That, that show did pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not in movies anymore. But if you're in a... TV a successful show, TV like, show. Yeah, Who why, cares, right? why be in a Cash movie? Cash the check either way. Oh, except he was in a couple movies. Mm-hmm. When the Game Stands Tall, Escape Plan. He was in The Ballad of Lefty Brown. <laughs> oh, he did here? another Jesus movie in 2018. Really? Mm, Paul the Apostle of Christ. He returned as Jesus? <clears throat> let's see here. Or was he Paul? Uh, let's see here, all who was he? I thought I read something he that, was Saint that, Luke. that Mel Gibson is looking at doing a sequel to The Passion of the Christ. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I know, it you just would think he, weird. You think he would learn. Well, it, it made huge money, and I think he backed and financed that thing all on his own. Mm-hmm. So, you you know, it wasn't a bad deal. Let's, uh, let's take a break. When we come back, we've got some fun to share. We'll do that right here on the Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here with the founder and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. He's here to talk about a great service and an app that you can get because you're a customer of North American Banking Company. It's called XCheck. All right, Michael, my friend, how do you get it? What's the situation? Do I need it? All that stuff. It's an application that we designed to compete with the national applications out there for person-to-person payments. You can get it at the Apple Store or the Android Store. It's for payments that you want to make when you don't have cash. If you want to pay the kid who shovels your driveway, if you want to settle up a dinner check, if you want to settle up a bet on the golf course, when you don't have cash, you can use the app. The payment will settle directly into the payee's account literally the same day. This is Tom. Why not bank with my banker? And X-Check, I'm going to get it today. Check out nabankco.com slash KQ for more about X-Check. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience. Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Whiting Clinic has changed their name to include their two specialties, LASIK and cataract surgery. Whiting Clinic is best known for their amazing LASIK results and ability to enhance thousands of lives by restoring vision to clarity without the need for glasses or contacts. You've heard me rave about them for years. You know that. But did you know they're also experts in cataract surgery? Yes, indeed. And I'm a perfect example of their good work. You know what I'm saying. I see so clearly now. 
When my clear LASIK vision started to fade due to cataracts, Whiting Clinic took care of me again and have the most advanced lens technology so I can see far, away, and up close without wearing any glasses. If you're over 60 and have noticed your vision starting to fade, call the experts at Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. To learn more about your options for cataract surgery and clearer vision, visit whitingclinic.com or call 855-554-2020. That's 855-554-2020. And please tell them Tom sent you. Are they playing that on a calliope? <laughs> it's a weird instrument. It was yeah. a very weird theremin or something that you've got going. Do you know who this is? I don't know, but I, I prefer Springsteen's version. <laughs> uh, is this Ray Charles? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Otis. Ready? Otis the drunk from the Indian Griffith show. He had a great singing voice. Otis Redding. Yes, I love Otis Redding. I was uh, I was out in Scotland and we were at a bar after mm-hmm. one of our tours. And um, we're standing in this bar, big bar, lots of activity, karaoke going on. And all of a sudden, one of the guys I'm hanging out with turns to me and he goes, "Um, I think this is a gay bar. (laughs) I'm like, no, it's not. And I look around and there's guys kissing and there's no women. (laughs) When all of a sudden the doors open up and this whole group of women come in. I go, Mm -hmm. it's just the women are just getting out of the factories or something. I don't know. <laughs> they're, they're here now. And then the women start kissing. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, this is a, a gay bar. So I walk up to the bar to get a drink, and I'm standing there, and I feel this tap on my shoulder. And I turn around, and it's this little little guy, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes, uh, where are you from? <laughs> I'm from? From Minnesota in the state, you know, in the, in the States. Minnesota? Where's that at? So I show him, you know, the concept of the map and where we're at. And he goes, I'm going to sing some karaoke. I'm going to sing a little Otis Redding. <laughs> Do you know Otis Redding? And I go, sure, sitting on the dock of the bay. He goes, get out of here. You know Otis Redding. And I'm like, yeah. And he, he grabs my hand. He goes, can I sing it to you? And I go, I look at him and he buys me a beer. And I turn around and look at my friends. I go, you can sing it to me. So I, he takes me up there, buys me a drink. I sat there and watched him sing, sitting on the dock of the bay to me. I got to tell you, I was a hot piece of ass in the uh, <laughs> the country of Scotland that night. There was uh, the many. Bar. Oh, I could. I, every time I went up to the bar, somebody sauntered up to buy me a drink. Aww. And every time I did, I'd turn around and flip the thumbs up. I'm like, all my crow is just laughing at me. <laughs> this, I've got like 20 people at this bar hanging, and they're like, Schrader is on fire tonight. <laughs> my favorite was, oh, I go into the restroom, and it's like being at the, the sports games. They've got a big mm-hmm. trough, right, instead of yep. urinals. And yeah. I, I do what I have to do, and this guy starts crab walking while he's peeing. You know, talk. Where are you from? Where are you going? Hold on, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, I can no. wait till you're done. Yeah. I said, I'll wait right outside the door. You wash your hands, and I'll be happy to chat with you. <laughs> and then he comes out, and he well, da, 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 and he walks me over to his table, and he wants to introduce me to his friends because I'm a trophy wife all of a sudden. <laughs> and uh, all my buddies are over at another table, just shaking their head, laughing. And the guy buys me another drink. I lift the drink up, start drinking it down, and, and excuse myself. I was not uh, uh, afraid to admit that I finally karma came my way that night, gentlemen. <laughs> well, all the years of buying drinks for women and getting nothing, I was the same. I was a bit of a tease that night. Well, it I'll, works for you. I'll take your drinks. I'll look up at y'all starry-eyed while you're singing Otis Redding to me. So next time you want me to go with you and I can be your no. wingman? No. Your beard? I, was, I didn't need my wingman, honey. I was, <laughs> I was, I was landing just fine. He was on fire. Yeah. Sometimes. I can talk you up to the other guy. I don't think you needed to, honey. I was a commodity. <laughs> I was a big bear, mm. a big Scottish bear that night. Look how uncomfortable JB got during this entire conversation. He just keep picking at the stuff on the carpet and won't look up at me. Wonder what would happen if we brought JB over to Scotland? <laughs> oh, you'd be the a chocolate catch. bear. They'd like him over there. <laughs> now you, you know what is red and don't you? Chocolate bear. <laughs> Look at how uncomfortable the, he is. I love this. I wonder what the black population of Scotland is. It was not high, Andy. <laughs> At the time, it was probably like five. When I was there uh, two. Three, three, four years ago, I don't recall seeing a very high black contingent. It's probably the same as Minnesota. That's not true. No, uh, no, no. 0.7%. 0.7. So, yeah, pretty low. We, we went into another karaoke bar, and there was a big footballer sitting there. I mean, this guy was hulking mm-hmm. and just smashed. The eyes are like scissoring as he's trying to look at you. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, they're like, okay, Cletus, it's your turn to sing. 
This guy goes up to the, the microphone. I've got it. I'm going to find this video and play it for you. You will be blown away. This guy gets up there and starts singing Nat King Cole and sounds mm-hmm. identical to Nat King Cole. Wow. It was insane. And then he's he, so he gets up there and he's like, hey, everybody, I want to sing a little song for you. And he, boom, all of a sudden it's, you know, look at me. Beautiful, amazing mm-hmm. voice comes out of him. Then he goes and sits back down. Yes, I know that was Johnny Mathis. But he goes and he sits back down. And then they call him back up, and then he goes up and he goes, this is for our American friends. And he starts singing Neil Diamond coming to America. (gasps) And sounds exactly like Neil Diamond. I was in some kind of bizarro world (laughs) where I was a hot commodity and big footballers sound like amazing singers. Uh, You you were definitely in a parallel. (laughs) I liked it in that parallel universe. Universe. So uh, here's a funny little deal I got. Uh, Fatherhood was hilariously summed up in a tweet. These are some uh, tweets that have been collected. Uh, Just crack me up some of these. Uh, New Eric says, my youngest is being tested for the gifted program at his elementary school. Meanwhile, my other son thinks his toothbrush is haunted. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like our kids. (laughs) Fatherhood is no joke, but in order to survive it, you do have to keep a sense of humor. And dads, God love them, are normally known for their corny sense of humor. But these guys here, they don't mess around and sugarcoat things. They're hilariously honest about being a dad, and thank goodness they tweeted out. These guys are vying for dad of the year. Here's the next tweet. Uh, Abe says, I wear a clown mask to sleep just, just in case one of my kids has a nightmare and comes to sleep in our bed. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> wow. wow. Let's I love torture it. your kid. I love it. Uh, then there's uh, Exploding Unicorn says... Uh, in brackets. Finally, I get the car seat installed correctly. Me. Hey, where's the baby? My wife in college. <laughs> <laughs> Only took you 18 years to get it right, but he finally got it in there. Uh, this is Zach talking about a kid's party. Me. Can we leave? These things take forever. My wife. Shut up. Watch our daughter open her presents. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. Danny Zucker pops in here. I'm constantly amazed at how much, or I'm constantly amazed at how different my twin daughters are. Lisa is so much more positive and confident than her sister Hogface. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I find comedy in this. Yeah. Uh, was it you that posted the videos on Facebook of the parent heroes? Parent heroes? I don't think so. Okay, I thought it was you. It might have been Catchmark. But, yeah, it could be. Uh, they were back-to-back videos of kids acting up in school. Well, the one daughter was bullying other kids on the school bus. Right? Oh, yeah. Oh, where he made a... I posted that yeah. where it shows that he made her walk Fox? five miles. Yeah, I've got that story coming up, yeah. Yep. And he was slowly driving behind. <laughs> <laughs> I would have done it. Well, wait wait till you hear the fallout from that. I uh, know. Get a couple oh, more I'm of these. I'm sure there was, yeah. Here's uh, the Glad Stork says, I cut the crust off my daughter's PB&J, and I swear to God I heard her whisper that I'm her bitch now. <laughs> <laughs> Even Ryan Reynolds, Deadpool himself, chimes in, and he said, I'd walk through fire for my daughter. Well, not fire, because it's dangerous, but a super humid room. But not too humid, because <laughs> my hair. <laughs> uh, Simon Holland says, it's weird how we tell kids not to lie and then tell them how good the picture they drew is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, there's, you know, uh, the goat. other things we tell them to believe in. Hey, hey, Goats says, son, I'll make sure you have the finest education that box stops can buy. <laughs> box stops. Brian Gar chimes in with, the best thing about trying to name a baby is realizing just how many people you really hate. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I just, it That's was true. odd. I just heard it because I have XM radio and I listen to the the comedy role there's like eight different what's channels. it like to live the rich life jb it's only 30 bucks for six months <laughs> look at this guy Living and i'm not done with 30 bucks a month i was done no, I 30 bucks for, so. that's a pretty good deal yeah so and every time i threaten to cancel it mm-hmm. they give it back to me again so i, I just go okay so what you're telling people jb is that if they have xm radio and threaten to cancel mm-hmm. they'll drop their subscription substantially yeah that's pretty and they'll that's offer actually to you, a well-known thing that they do they'll <laughs> tell you that it's only good for the next five or six months but if you try to cancel again after that point they'll continue rolling over this deal yeah wow <laughs> you heard it here folks the tom bernard show making making dreams come true yeah, I I've it's tried true. to cancel it twice, and it's like, well, you know, because they're like, well, it's now uh, thirty-seven fifty a month. It's like, okay, well, I'm done. Yeah. Well, 
but we can offer you this. Yeah, or I can continue to give it to you for $5. <laughs> right. No, let me go with the thirty-seven fifty. I want more value for my money. Melissa's, I think her aunt, mm-hmm. they just... She kept saying that she wants to cancel no matter how low they go, uh, but eventually she relented when it got down to $1 a month. Wow. So, JB, you've been slacking. You've got to start pushing. I've been screwed. Because technically, it doesn't cost them anything. There's like there's no resource that goes into hooking you up with it. Right. right. So even if the they car. only charge one dollar, they're still making money. Yeah. Well, plus they need the number. They want to say they yeah, have and the numbers, yeah. subscribers. Right. Mm-hmm. Alex Neville tweets out: Parents, don't give your child the answer to his homework. He needs to learn on his own that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> uh, well, that's the way I felt when my son started bringing home homework in about the fifth grade, and I'd look at it and go. <laughs> well, some of it, it's like you know who you know, name everyone who signed the Declaration of Independence. It's like I don't, I don't know all of the well, people. But well, see, I would have been okay with that at the time, but it was just like he was in the fifth grade. He was doing basic calculus. And I was like, what? wow. I'm what? gonna yeah. say a nasty word: Common Core math. Um, it's horrible. It is the worst. It's horrible. Yeah, I can't help. My, I'm so far removed now. When my kids come to me with homework, I just stare at them blankly. <laughs> And they're like, Dad, can you talk about World War II? I go, it didn't happen. Move on. <laughs> I had to admit to him, I said, understand something. I didn't even have calculus in college because they didn't. I'm math challenged. So yeah, they allowed me to get out of that by taking a foreign language, which I never took the foreign language. And I replaced that with taking, um, wow. uh, hmm. what is it called? Um, God. Um, Remedial gym? No. Uh, <laughs> when you look at, like, one of the quotes is, if the dog is laying on the green grass, then the dog is green. Uh, philosophy. Oh, okay. A philosophy class. Ta- taking, more, taking more philosophy <laughs> class. Okay. Never heard of that. No. <laughs> All right. Uh, here's a great saying. If it ain't broke, my children just haven't touched it yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sven Amish says, wife said I should talk to the kids about drugs, so I told them how faking a back injury would usually get you some Vicodin. <laughs> <laughs> God. <laughs> Uh, Rodney LaCroix says, I'm coaching my son's soccer team because it's important that he knows I'll swear at other kids, too. (laughs) (laughs) I do like that. The Cisco Kid says, I knew it was time to vacuum when the baby rolled over and looked like an everything bagel. (laughs) (laughs) That's bad. (laughs) Three-year-old. This is from Will Rogers, three-year-old. What's neglect mean? Me. Shh, daddy's playing video games. <laughs> uh, parenting will wear you down is the topic for this one. Exploding unicorn is back. Kid gets bitten. Me as a new parent. You poor thing. Hugs will make it better. Me now. Did you deserve it? <laughs> I do ask that question quite often of my children. Yeah. Well, I was sometimes... picked up at school. What'd you do? <laughs> yeah. Sometimes. Mark says, after becoming a parent, you gradually show up later and later to things until you never see anyone ever again. That's unfair and true. Zach says, my seven-year-old daughter, why don't they have tape for your burrito, but you could eat the tape? And now I know what Einstein's parents felt like. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a genius thought. I know. It is not a bad idea. Why can't you make it like uh, fruit roll-ups? Right? A fruit roll-up wrap. That's salsa flavored. Oh, Andy, trademark it. <laughs> salsa roll up? Yes, the salsa roll up. My uh, my cousin, when he was little, he's getting ready to go to school. And they're getting to the door, and he turns to my, my aunt, and he goes, I want to throw up. She's like, okay. She grabs his backpack, throws it at the ground, rips off his jacket, runs him into the bathroom. And he's standing there. She goes, are you okay? And he goes, yeah. She goes, okay. So they go back by the door, and he goes, I want to throw up. She's like, oh, my God. She runs him back. She does this two or three times. Finally, he storms past her, walks into the kitchen, throws open the pantry door, and grabs the fruit roll-ups. <laughs> he was telling her he wanted a fruit roll-up. That was it, yeah. <laughs> Calvin says, shout out to my kids, because shouting is the only way they hear me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dad and Buried posts, I'm at my parenting best when I randomly yell out, be careful, every few minutes without <laughs> looking up for my phone. <laughs> Don't cross Santa Claus in this one. Abe says, a cute thing I tell my kids when we see a dead deer on the side of the road is, looks like Santa lost his temper again. (laughs) (laughs) What did you used to tell your kids? I just tell them they're napping. I said, the road is warm, so they come up and like to lay on the side of the road. My kids are like, really, Dad? Yeah, because my daughter 
Kayla was such a tender heart, she would begin bawling if she saw oh. a dead animal. Yeah. So I had to come up with something quick. I'm like, no, 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 honey. The road is so warm. The animals like to come up and lay on it for rest. My favorite, though, is somebody posted a picture of a dead deer on the side of the road, and they tied a get-well balloon to it. Yeah, they've done that on the raccoons. <laughs> yeah. Get-well soon. Abe says, oh, wait, we already did Abe. Uh, Justin... We'll, we'll read this one and go to break. Hang on, guys. I think my toddler is getting to the good part of his four-hour-long story, and I don't want to miss it. <laughs> oh, my God. I made the mistake of asking our son the other day. He was telling me how he loves this show, and I said, well, what's it about? Uh, <laughs> 45 minutes later, it you kept still going. still had no idea? Yeah. We've got to take a break. We'll come back more. <laughs> On the Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call our fleet reps right now at 651-748-4477 or visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. Right now, Sabre and Bryant are teaming up to offer 0% financing for 36 months when you buy a new Bryant furnace. This is the perfect time to replace your old furnace with a new trouble-free, energy-efficient furnace from Sabre. And when you buy Bryant equipment, you're getting one of the most trusted names in the industry, This 0% offer is available for a limited time. Call Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning to find out more, and please tell them that Tom sent you. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. I got to tell you, I like this new Dayquil that I found. Mm -hmm. That cooling Dayquil, wow. That NyQuil and DayQuil, they're actually working. Really? I feel, oh, I feel a hundred times better having taken those shots last night and this morning. Does it have like a minty flavor to it? You drink, yeah, here's the weird thing. I took the shot and it has, and you'll love it because you like the vapo rub and all that cooling effect. This, you take it and you feel that open up in your throat. As a matter of fact, when I grabbed my water and started drinking it, it felt like my throat expanded. It was a weird feeling. But you notice, I I don't think I've coughed at all Mm -mm. during today's show. So I'm going to. Amp up. I got to try to figure out how to do that again just before showtime tonight for my show with Midnight in the Desert. <laughs> By the way, you can check me out Monday through Friday on Midnight in the Desert at midnightinthedesert.com. We are the best in anomalous talk radio, everything from the strange and supernatural to mysteries and conspiracies that can all be found at midnightinthedesert.com and on weekends on Darkness Radio. All that information again at darknessradio.com. We're talking about some of these uh, tweets that fathers have put out. Here's one from Lion Jenkins. He says, Daddy, yeah, bud. Can you scour the house looking everywhere for something I'm poorly describing that you've never seen or heard of before? <laughs> yes, I like when the kids tell me they can't find something and we go in. And, well, have you checked the couch? Yeah, I've checked the couch. Oh, we walk in and immediately check the couch. Or it's sitting in plain sight mm-hmm. and there's no clue of where it's been. That's Max. Well, it's all of our kids. Max is terrible at it. Where's my tablet? And it'll be like right there on the coffee table. I'm like, it's right there. <laughs> the last place you want to look. <laughs> Josh, watching the kids play hide-and-seek in the park, and mine, he just hid behind a chain-link fence. (laughs) At least we don't have to save for college, he says. (laughs) Troy Johnson, son, my best advice to find a girl with an embarrassing tattoo and marry her. She knows how to make bad decisions and stick with them. (laughs) Uh, Conan O'Brien even chimes in. He goes, I just taught my kids about taxes by eating 38% of their ice cream. Uh, Robert Knopp, fifty percent of parenting is looking for things with your kids that you've already thrown away. <laughs> yeah, I've done that on occasion. Yeah. I have my son's pacifier that I, I was purging the other day, and I have his pacifier, Jeez. which I thought I th- had thrown away at least eleven times when he was a kid. All right, <laughs> but he kept he would no matter where he would where I would throw it away, 
he would find it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'd turn around and be, I could throw it away in the trash in the kitchen, throw it away in the trash in the bathroom. Throw, and all of a sudden, I hear this. You didn't see me throw it away. It's like, do you just have a. Just looks. <laughs> what I don't understand is I'll go in and once in a while I'll clean my kids' rooms because I just can't take it anymore. Right. And there's something I've seen hidden underneath like a pile of dirty clothes forever. And I go in and I just throw it out. Right. And they mm-hmm. come back and, and it's in their room again. So now I've taken it to covertly. I'm like mission impossible. I put them in bags, hide them in a trunk, drive them out at night, <laughs> throw them in like some apartment building 20 miles away's garbage can so that my kids can't find it. Well. Uh, Lloyd Rang's a son. Am I adopted? Me. Not yet, but we're hopeful. <laughs> Goats again. I constantly Google how to put your kids up for adoption so my kids can find it on my search history <laughs> and know that I'm not messing around. Uh, Simon Holland says, I hope by the time my five-year-old turns eight, she finishes this story. Kent Graham, I finally got me some me time away from the kids. Two out, two whole hours. It would have been longer, but my legs went numb crouching behind the dryer. <laughs> no, <laughs> no kids' stories can take oh some, my god some twists and turns, and you you lose where they started and why they I brought love, it up. And Alex first was place. like that until she was like sixteen. I love though when they start the story and they're like, "Yeah," and then I was playing ball and we were running around and mm-hmm. we went out in the. And then all of a sudden they just walk away <laughs> like you've lost interest in your own story or forgot where you're going with this. New Eric says, my youngest is being tested for the gifted program at his elementary school. Oh, we're right back to it. And, and my other son thinks his uh, toothbrush is haunted. Having a kid can get expensive, but I save a lot of money by not going out or doing anything fun ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dad and Buried posts, my son can now reach the lights, which is so don't come over to my house unless you're really into raves or want to have a seizure. <laughs> there we go the cough's coming back now bedtime exploding unicorn says me your mom told you to stay in bed three-year-old there's a scary monster in my closet me scarier than mom three-year-old goes back to bed (laughs) oh yeah i love uh the kids are hilarious and dealing with them but yeah there's sometimes it's just you're, you're trying to have logical conversation with a child who can't even grasp the simplest things right Mm -hmm. like eating your boogers is not a good thing right and we try to have these logical conversations which just fall far from point i uh yeah well i just reposted um a couple years ago max i remember we were in the car and he's like mom i can't wait to be a dad i'm like oh really why he goes I don't know. I just want to be a dad, but I don't know where to take them, like, you know, to the doctor or anything, but I can take them to McDonald's. I know where that is. And I'm just like, oh, I feel like a bad parent. <laughs> you know where McDonald's is. Oh. Yeah, so here's the story we refer to. Dad's viral bullying punishment is now public humiliation, parenting experts say. Of course it is. In the video, the 10-year-old girl trudges along an Ohio road, a neon backpack on her back. A car follows closely behind, narrating the journey. Today, my beautiful daughter is going to walk five miles to school in 36-degree weather, the girl's father, Matt Cox, says from behind the camera. I know a lot of you parents are not going to agree with this, but that is all right, because I'm doing what I feel is right to teach my daughter a lesson and stop her from bullying. Well, do we know what she did? Well, let's see if it it gets into that. From inside the car, Cox explains his daughter has been kicked off her school bus in Swanton, Ohio, twice this year for bullying. Well, geez. Cox says she told him... He would have to take her to school while she is suspended from the bus. As you see this morning, he adds, she is learning otherwise. But psychologists and parenting experts say they may not be the lesson, uh, say that might not be the lesson that his daughter or the more than 20 million other people who have watched the video on Facebook alone this week learn from it all. In the age of social media, videos like this one can live forever, and the shame they create can last longer than many parents realize. Good. Public humiliation needs to happen more often. (laughs) I'm sorry. You have to learn there are repercussions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, especially when it comes to bullying. Because here's the problem. You don't teach that bully. Then whoever the kid is that's bullying him goes in and shoots up to school. And then everybody's saying, why aren't we taking care of bullies? You get a father who goes, you're going to bully? 
You're going to get yourself kicked off the bus twice this year for being a bully. You're going to walk five miles to school. Maybe you'll think about this before you decide to treat somebody poorly again. Well, we need to worry about the little girl. No, we don't. We need to break that spirit of mm-hmm. being a jerk right. and teach them. But now the father's being a bully by doing this. No, the father's teaching a valuable lesson. Well, yeah. my mother taught me a valuable lesson. My brother and brother-in-law were coaching my grade school basketball team. And... We were just having a horrendous practice, right. and guys were just screwing around and whatnot, which I couldn't do because my brother and brother-in-law were coaching the basketball right. team. And they were making us run gassers and whatnot, and I just got mad at my teammates for not taking it seriously mm-hmm. and us, so I left. Well, there was a payphone in the gym, and of course they called the, my mother's the parents, my parents' house, by the time I got home, she was sitting there waiting for me, and she said, so, you left practice, huh? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and she goes, that's fine. You're off the team for the rest of the year, and you will go to every game and sit behind the team the rest of the year. Because but that's bullying. Why would your mom be such I a bully? I know. It's chair? like, no, she taught me a lesson. One, right? if you make a commitment, you stick with it. Right. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. Two, you don't... Uh, disobey elders which my brother and brother-in-law were right you know it was like four or five lessons within one Mm -hmm. reason why you didn't leave practice well let's see what sue chef a parenting advocate educational consultant and the author of shame nation told abc news (laughs) sue chef yes well that was somebody who was she says this is public humiliation she was she was public humiliation Humiliating you. (laughs) She was publicly teased herself because of her name. Right. That's why she's an expert. The internet can be so unforgiving and your child will watch it over and over again online. It's like salt in an emotional wound and can sting and it can take a long time to heal, especially when it's a parent that did the shaming. No. No. Suck it up, Sue Chef. You've got to stop being such a whiny, God, enabler. For God's sakes, we need more shame in this country. You have to realize you can't do bad things to people and not get repercussions. Well, and mm-hmm. before, below Maybe a certain it, age, kids, you can't, like, reason with them or go right. into the morality mm-hmm. of the thing. No. And and the fact is, well, now it's going to be on the Internet. No, it's not. I can take it down. I posted it. I can right. take it down. Now, there are other people that may copy it and doctor it and set it up but the the fact of the matter is maybe that'll put it in their thoughts hey do you like this embarrassment no neither do i so let's not do this again and you get through it i know there are listeners out there who are going to get mad at me for saying that but i I really could care less kiss my ass (laughs) you need to take you need to take responsibility of your children and if they're being bullies you and and you know what i've done when i've on occasion when my kids have been bullies i've been right up in their face like a bully to them and they don't like it. And I said, how does it feel? Well, I don't like it. I go, exactly. Why would you do this? That Why would you put anybody else, else through right. this? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's horrific. Uh, Dr. Christine Baccio, a professor, professor of psychology at Lemoyne College in Syracuse, said shaming by a parent packs an even stronger emotional punch. Unfortunately, it's true that shaming that is done by a parent or some other adult who is loved by and admired by a child is, in a way, even worse than shaming by other children or someone a child doesn't care about. The problem is, if somebody else does it to them, they don't care. Right. It doesn't have an emotional impact. Right. Yeah. So It's supposed to have an emotional impact. And we give impact. it a term like shaming. No, it's called parenting. parenting. It's not shaming. It's called teaching responsibility, mm-hmm. not shaming. So if you want to give it a shameful name to make you feel better about it, and I probably, most likely, these people don't have kids, the, the parenting most experts. Most of them don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... There was a story I saw online this week about a kid calling 911 on his dad for taking away his Xbox or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Lord. And, but see, that's where people like her make kids think that. They have the power. Power. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And yeah, we're, we're in a weird state, in an, an unfortunate position as parents and, and humans right now because we've given all of our power away. Right. Constantly. I deal with it on a daily basis because yeah. those those young athletes that I've dealt with have been babied from the time that somebody said, oh, he's great or she's great. And right. then everybody goes, oh, he's going to be or she's going to be the next this or that or they're going to get this or they're going to mm-hmm. get that. And then everybody starts to, you know, stop being the adult around them and start worshiping around them. It's like, 
Well, the father says parents need to hold their kids accountable. That was me showing how I hold my kid accountable. Cox t- told WTVG, "I'm not going to be under, or I'm not going to be another parent that's going to brush things under the rug, and say kids will be kids." The reaction was swift and mixed. To date, the video has been shared more than 400,000 times, garnering 80,000 comments on Facebook alone from people both praising and criticizing Cox. Dr. Laura Markham, a parenting expert and the author of Peaceful Parent, Happy Kids, said that Cox told his daughter that if she bullies a student again, she'd have to walk. It would have been an acceptable punishment. No, making her walk is the punishment. Right? Maybe already that's... My mother always said... If you're going to make the threat, be able to back it up, back right? it up, yep. be be willing to pull the trigger on it at some point. Because if you keep saying, I'm going to make you walk, and then the next time you say, I'm going to make you walk, and then the next, eventually the kid's going to go, eh, you're never going to make me walk. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bart says, we need bullies. Without bullies, guys like Bill Gates would just be a gamer. <laughs> Bullying him made him want to be a rich man who could buy all those that bullied him and use them as hu- human I- furniture. <laughs> I've actually heard that from Chris. Chris Rock has that theory. Really? Uh-huh. That uh, we need to bring bullying back in some situation. Because what he was talking about was like where I grew up in and like where Tom grew up in and in the inner city poor neighborhoods, uh, playing the dozens was part of growing up. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, so is Santa a bully too? Because he only rewards good kids? Right. What mm-hmm. a jerk, Santa. <laughs> jerk. Bad man. Uh, Bart also says, the guy I bullied went on to be a top designer at Ford and even got on Oprah. I feel he owes me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, good comments. Um, if this did happen a second time, I think it's reasonable to not protect the child from the consequence of her actions. I would make sure she was she has warm clothes for the weather and drive behind her as the father did. But I think letting her face the consequence from the school is fine, at least for one day. But there is an important distinction between Cox's decision to punish his daughter by making her walk and his decision to publicly post the video online, she said. Creating an online record of it doesn't fix the underlying issue. No, but you know what? It might empower other parents Parents to realize, I don't have to be such a wussy. I should stand up and do this. And and, and I get where he's going with that. Or maybe even help some parents who who might go too far. Right. Yeah. You Uh, know. Where they would send send her out without the proper clothes on, yeah. or they might hit their kid or something. Where this is like, you know, no, I'm going to show her that I still love her because I'm driving behind her. Yeah, and I'm here to support her, but she needs right. to know what she did was wrong. We have to take a break. We'll come back. We've got a couple guests next on the Tom Bernard Show.